The following podcast has been paid for by the Drew World Order. Yo, hey. You're listening to the Drew World Order of Wrestling Podcast, and this is the least professional wrestling podcast. Not a professional audio editor, advertiser, broadcaster. Nope, I'm just a lifelong fan who loves professional wrestling and sports entertainment, so I have a podcast chatting about that. This show I talk about this week in wrestling, starting with NXT Vengeance Day, and then we do our typical discussion of uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, and then wrap up with my review Elimination Chamber. So a lot of reviewing to do, um, what, five shows to talk about this week in wrestling? One, two, three, five, six? No, six. Yeah, four regularly, and then uh, two pay-per-views, two WWE pay-per-views, one for NXT, one for uh, just Raw and SmackDown with Elimination Chamber. You have all of that to look forward to on this DWO pod. So let's get going with the Drews and Notes segment, and let's talk about NXT Vengeance Day. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Since our last podcast... NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day happened. A bunch of events happened. Um, We'll get to Elimination Chamber later. So we have two pay-per-views to talk about this week, but uh, we have to talk about TakeOver first because TakeOver happened first. Just in general with Vengeance Day, I liked the stage leading right to the ring, very WCW-esque. Even AEW does this, but it's unique from the usual... Um, ramp down to the ring presentation that uh, WWE does and NXT does. Um, Johnny Gargano really used it well in his match to uh, hit his finishing move, the one final beat DDT. So I'm glad it got incorporated. Um, And it's just nice to have a little bit of uh, different presentation. The first match on the card was the Women's Dusty Cup Final. I'm really glad Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez won this match. It was a pretty decent match. I don't have any complaints other than uh, Ember Moon, who is a hero, good guy, whatever you want to say, good character. Uh, She argued with the ref uh, after he missed the tag. That's not really something a hero does. Heroes Heroes don't usually argue with the referees. That's something bad guys do. Um, So it's just a little nitpicky thing that I noticed. Uh, But otherwise... I am hopeful to see Dakota Kai versus Raquel and Raquel Gonzalez versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, and I think that'll be a really cool match. But we'll talk more about their confrontation later on in this podcast when we get to NXT on this uh, from this past Wednesday. So we're going to move on to the North American title match. I really liked Austin Theory getting grabbed by Dexter Loomis on the way to the stage. That was a nice touch. He was just gone when they entered the stage, and so Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae went looking for him. Johnny went down to the ring um, by himself. I'm happy Johnny won. I've been enjoying what he's been doing the whole way, what they've been doing. It was another solid match for this takeover. 
it was captivating at the end. Um, the finishing sequence, the last couple of mat- uh, minutes were really, really entertaining, really engaging. They did a good job of teasing the end of the match. There were multiple times where I thought the match was over until Johnny finally won it. The next match was the Men's Dusty Cup Final. Uh, Grizzled Young Veterans versus MSK. Uh, MSK won this match, and uh, honestly, I'm not as satisfied with their win. I still don't really know anything about them. Who are their characters? What are their characters? They're really athletic, um, but so is everybody else in, in NXT and WWE and um, in just wrestling in general. It's a very athletic uh, performance. Um, poor Grizzled Young Veterans, man. Two years in a row, they lose in the finals. I thought for sure they were going to win, and then it would still give MSK a boost. I don't think MSK really needed to win this, but I guess it leads to some intrigue like, oh, okay, who are these guys? Uh, you know, what are they doing? And uh, I think we sort of got that answer on Wednesday on NXT, so I'll talk more about MSK later on in this podcast. Then there was a uh, Cameron Grimes music video, which was funny. It was the same one that showed on NXT. That was a nice little break in the action. The women's title match was next. Um, there was a spot in it, and uh, this is Tony Storm versus Mercedes Martinez versus Io Shirai, and there was a moment in there where uh, it looked like they were supposed to use the announce table and uh, break the announce table, but when Tony Storm was clearing off the announce table, it just broke. <laughs> like So I wonder what the plan was. Uh, but Io jumping off the lighting rig was still cool. Maybe she was supposed to um, jump on top of uh, Tony and uh, Mercedes on top of the... Uh, announce table but they did a good job by uh um just calling you know switching it on the fly this match actually went by pretty quickly i was expecting a little bit more but i'm fine with eo winning the match any of them would have been cool then there was the little uh la night signing moment with nxt i did not see this on the pre-show i didn't watch the pre-show and i was very happily surprised to see L.A. Knight, who's formerly Eli Drake, super entertaining. He was doing all the the same stuff that he did previously to come into WWE. He just has a different uh, different name. So I'm excited to see what he does. And then we had the main event, the NXT title match. This was a pretty enjoyable match between Finn Balor and um, Pete Dunne. I'm happy Finn won. I think it makes more sense for him to win. I've been constantly saying... Uh, and consistently saying, uh, don't have him lose until there's somebody you really want to make a big star out of. Undisputed Era came out at the end of it, and the big moment of the night was Adam Cole super kicking Finn and then super kicking Kyle O'Reilly. This was a really good cliffhanger ending. NXT on these pay reviews do a really good job of leaving more to be desired. Um, and this was a solid pay per view overall. It was very fun, it was a good watch. Maybe not as great as other NXT takeovers, uh, but I really wasn't disappointed like I had been the last couple. So I think this was a good showing for NXT, and it led to an interesting, uh, an interesting NXT on Wednesday, which we will talk about here coming up in the What Drew Money segment. 
straight to NXT um, because we were just talking about TakeOver so might as well talk about this week's NXT on Wednesday. It started out with Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong and Finn Balor uh, all coming up, coming out at the beginning of the show, doing a promo. Uh, Kyle was just calling out Adam Cole. Roddy came out. Kyle didn't want to hear it. Finn came out. Said he's got problems with Cole too so Kyle, you gotta, you know, yeah, get behind him because he's the NXT champion. And the, the, all all three of them were good with this promo about Cole betraying the Undisputed Era. And then Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, Danny Burch all came out, beat down uh, Kyle, Roddy, and Finn. This led to the main event six-man tag match. This was a solid way to book the show, to bookend um, these six guys at the beginning and the, and the end of the show. And then I also thought the women's tag promo was pretty solid in the middle of the show. So really, this NXT had a good uh, beginning, middle, and end. Um, all four women looked like stars. It was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, um, and uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, of course, the women's tag team champions. Kai and Raquel won the right to face the women's tag team champions, Baszler and Jax, um, after winning the women's Dusty Cup. I liked all the references to the past NXT moments, especially Shayna talking about Dakota Kai and how uh, Shayna broke Dakota Kai's arm, and um, you know Dakota Kai was just a scared little girl. And then the face-off between Nia and Raquel Gonzalez was really cool looking, and I was hoping that uh, Shayna and uh, Nia would retain at Elimination Chamber. Uh, so that we could see this match with Gonzalez and uh, and Kai, but we will talk about that women's championship match at Elimination Chamber later on in the show when we review that pay-per-view. So we're going to move on here to Monday Night Raw. Miz was great to start the show. Uh, he had McIntyre out for a Miz TV. He's constantly interrupting McIntyre, um, and then McIntyre headbutted him, and he went on this promo, uh, removing himself from the Elimination Chamber. Really solid all around. Basically, he was saying, like, I don't need to be in the Chamber. I got this Money in the Bank contract. And so why would I risk myself being in the Chamber? I'll just wait until after the Chamber, until whoever wins is all beat up. And then I'm going to cash in. Um, and we will talk more about that later on in the podcast. So let's move to Bad Bunny becoming the 24-7 champion. I'm all for this. Anything for more exposure to wrestling. He uh, went on SNL and was the musical performance this past week. He brought up the brought up the 24-7 championship. You know, any exposure is, is good exposure here. Um, it's not like he was doing anything bad or whatever. It's just, you know, more exposure for WWE. And then there was uh, a short, um, enjoyable promo backstage between the New Day, uh, Adam Pierce, and The Miz. I thought it was fun. I thought it was enjoyable. Now, a week later, I can't really remember <laughs> what happened. But at the time, I made note of it and thought it was enjoyable. So whatever that was, it was, uh, it was good. 
moving to um to SmackDown. Uh very WWE centric so far. Moving to SmackDown, uh continuing on talking about, you know, New Day. Uh I thought Big E was really, really good this week. Him and Apollo, that story's pretty interesting for the Intercontinental title. Uh, recently, the Intercontinental title really hasn't meant much, but with this story of Big E constantly denying Apollo, which is something different that um, hero characters usually don't do. Usually, hero characters take on all challengers, um, but this time, Big E's had a good point. He's beaten Apollo like three three times. Uh, it's time for somebody else to have a chance. Um, and I think this is an enjoyable story to continue to see develop. Will it go to Fastlane? Will it go to WrestleMania? That's to be determined, but uh, I am for it right now. Uh, and I like uh, Bad Guy Apollo. I think it, it's fresh for him. Speaking of bad guys, Seth Rollins. He is just... One of the best uh, bad guys there are, uh, villains there are. He's just so delusional. It's incredible. <laughs> like You can see that he believes everything he says. Ugh, it's great. It's very entertaining. He did a great promo on the stage and uh, saying like he's filing a grievance with SmackDown um, because like everybody gave him a, a vote of no confidence last week. and uh, He just did a really good job. It's, it's really entertaining. Um, Reggie's also been very entertaining. The sommelier, Reginald, uh, he was in a, uh, uh, six-person tag match. Um, he ended up pinning Nia Jax in the match to win the match. Uh, this whole two segments actually was really entertaining with, uh, all these women and Reggie. Um, Sasha, Bianca, Bailey, Shayna, Nia, they were all great. It was a ding-dong hello segment. Um, <laughs> and it was great with Bailey. Um, she was in her, like, uh, her talk show outfit. And, um, every time somebody would come down to the ring, she'd be like, hey, use the door, use the door. Like, nobody used it. Um, and then, you know, she gets thrown in this, uh, this match with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler as partners, still just in her regular, like, casual gear, um, versus Reggie and Sasha and Bianca. And it was fun, and they're doing a really good job with Reggie's show off his athleticism, but not really hitting women or doing much to uh, uh, to come across as anything of like triggering of abuse or anything like that. So I really enjoyed what's been going on. And then Reggie had his moment with Carmella later on, uh, Carmella pouring uh, wine on Reggie. Um, so this is all just very entertaining stuff. Um, and then there were, there was a, a story, uh, strung throughout the show where Edge was interacting with each of the Elimination Chamber participants saying, you know, if you win, maybe I'll pick you for WrestleMania. I thought that was really well done. It, it brought some intrigue to the match and to see, okay, who, who is Edge thinking about facing and, uh, what's on his mind and, uh, if, uh, whoever wins, if they end up facing Edge, okay, yeah, this would be pretty cool. There was Kevin Owens, Cesaro, um, Daniel Bryan, they, uh, Baron Corbin. They were all good little segments throughout the show, and that's good storytelling. Moving to AEW, this, uh, this show actually had a really well-laid-out brawl to start the show uh, between Hangman Page, Hangman, Hangman Page and Matt Hardy. 
Uh, Isaiah Cassidy was uh, um, uh, disguised as Jackson DeVille, the mascot for uh, the Jaguars, which the Cones, the Cones, the Cones, <laughs> the Cons own. Um, and he attacked Hangman Page after Hangman showed Matt Hardy that uh, Matt signed a, a different contract um, than what he expected and uh, leading to a match at Revolution. And then the Dark Order came out. They helped Hangman Page. So a lot of these stories now interweaving um, the Hardy Party, Dark Order, Adam Page. Really, really well done segment. And finally, we had some physicality with and to Sting. This was good. At least it's something different. He didn't just make his entrance and then nothing happened like, you know, six other times before. He actually came out. He, uh, you know, got called out by Taz. Um, and then uh, he got rid of the bat. He starts attacking uh, Starks, I believe. And then, you know, quickly started getting beat up. He got powerbombed by Brian Cage. Um, you know, it's a little scary with somebody the uh, age of Sting and, uh, you know, him getting powerbombed before by Seth Rollins, which led to some of his spinal issues that uh, people are aware of. It was uh, nice to see that he seemed like he was all right. So I I'm getting, I'm getting uh, ready to see uh, this Sting match between um, him and Darby versus Team Taz. Um, how much will he do in the ring? I don't know. Probably not that much. But uh, less is more with Sting. Um, and this was a good segment to build to that match uh, that's happening at Revolution. But now we have to go and talk about the scenarios that I didn't necessarily like all that much in the Drew Count. Has he got the fingers locked? No, he got out. I can't believe it! Nobody's ever kicked out of that! Continuing talking about AEW Dynamite this past week. The formatting scenario tends to be an issue with AEW. Four out of their five matches this week were tag matches. The only one that wasn't was Riho versus Serena Deeb, which was a pretty solid match. Um, but the rest of them... Uh, were tag matches, and to me that just gets repetitive and boring. It's all super athletic, and that's great and all, but I want story. Um, and some of them had a couple of good stories, but usually with these TV matches, they're just a means to an end to, you know, further along an overarching storyline. Um, but but I mentioned Rio and Deeb. Um, I don't have this on my notes, but... It would be nice to see more of the women's division on Dynamite. I mean, they're having this tournament for the women, but most of it is on, like, YouTube, and I don't watch the YouTube channel. I stopped watching Dark a long time ago because it didn't seem like um, it really led to anything on Dynamite, and uh, it was just kind of boring overall. Um, so, you know, I hope the women can get a little bit more shine on AEW Dynamite. The biggest thing that I... Um, want to mention that I saw this all over uh, this past week on social media was uh, Jim Ross said Kenny Omega the WWE champion which uh, he is not the WWE champion <laughs> he's the AEW champion to me this is just the thing about JR I mean it, uh, 
I've been trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it really seems like he's lost his luster to me. I mean, sometimes he does these, like, sarcastic little quips at times, and then it just, like, falls flat. Like, it's just not funny. Um, or sometimes it feels like he's just trying too hard to sound invested in the match instead of actually being invested in what's going on. Like, no, he's not going to have the same luster as he did 20 years ago or 25 years ago. That's just not going to happen. Um, he's an older guy, but it kind of just seems like him and Shivani are just kind of like happy to be there. Like, hey, you know, this is just a gig in my retirement years. Like, I'm just happy to be here. Like, hey, it's cool. Like, but they don't seem like super passionate about the product. Whereas Excalibur, you can tell, like, you can hear the passion in his calls that he is very much into what's going on. Um, and Excalibur's gotten so much better, but, you know, JR to slip like that, like, WWE champion, yeah, mistakes happen. Um, so that's not, that's not the issue. It's more just overall, he's seemed to slip uh, a little bit more than he used to, but I, you know, he's getting older, so I, I guess I should be a little bit more empathetic there. Um, it, it's, it's just tough because he's not the JR, uh, that he was that, uh, when I was growing up. Um, and it's just kind of a bummer, you know? That's something to complain about. Um, moving to. Raw, really the only thing that I had here for Raw was the Lacey Evans pregnancy announcement. Um, I hope this is not just a story, although it's been a week and nothing's come out saying that it is just a story, uh, that she is legitimately pregnant and that's why she was uh, pulled from Elimination Chamber, which we'll get to that mess in, uh, later on in this podcast. But uh, congratulations to Lacey Evans. I guess. I don't know if it's confirmed, confirmed. I mean, she's been joking around on social media. So, I just hope they don't use this as a weird storyline. Um, cuz that's <laughs> that's something real lousy to uh uh do a storyline about. But, you know, this is wrestling, so if they do it the right way, then I'll change my tune on that. Um, moving to NXT the only thing I uh, had here for NXT, and I mentioned this about MSK um, when I was talking about the Vengeance Day pay-per-view, I'm not really sure what MSK is. Kind of got a, a, a depiction of who they are this past week on NXT when they accepted the uh, Dusty Cup uh, trophy uh, with Beth Phoenix. Um Really, more of their character was shown uh, while the the women's part of that segment was going on. Um, and my main takeaway was, like, so MSK is just NXT's version of the Street Profits? Like, they pretty much did the same thing with the popcorn and everything. Like, uh, same little shtick that uh, Street Profits have been doing. Uh, they sounded very similar to the Street Profits, and I want different. I don't want the same. Uh, I don't want just, like, uh, two different-looking guys doing the same thing as the Street Profits. I already see it with the Street Profits. I, you know, I see what they do, and, I, and it is what it is for them. So find something different. I don't, you know, I don't really like that. Uh, I think the Grizzled Young Veterans, at least to me, they have more divine, defined characters. Um 
And uh, I just think it would have been a better choice for uh, Grizzled Young Veterans to win. SmackDown, my, uh, my only really two complaints are, one, there were a lot of people on commentary this week. SmackDown tends to do this. Big E was on commentary. Ziggler and Rude was on commentary. Edge was on commentary. Paul Heyman was on commentary. That's a lot of people on commentary for a two-hour show. Um, it, it is. It's just a lot. And then they did a similar injury angle. Um, they did the Big E angle with the, what I mentioned with Apollo. Um, I like that story um, in the What Drew Money segment. Excuse me. So Apollo beat up Big E, dropped a, uh, seemingly dropped the the steel ring steps onto Big E while Big E was outside of the ring, and they carted Big E back to, uh, you know, the, the, put him on a stretcher and carted him back to an ambulance. And then something similar with Ray happened later on in the show. Ray, like, limped backstage, um... In a and you know after coming back from commercial something very similar to Biggie so to try to stay away from doing similar things on the same exact show is pretty important, um, but other than that that's really all I had to complain about uh, this week in wrestling which really wasn't much it was a pretty solid week so now we can move on to the redrew which is uh, my segment where I give the overall ratings and impressions of the shows this week in wrestling. you've never listened to this podcast before in this segment i give my overall ratings and impressions of the shows this week in wrestling but i do not do the typical star rating or number grade letter nothing like that no thumbs up no thumbs in the middle nothing uh i give my own spin on it and uh you'll see the uh, with the, my interpretations here of monday night raw I thought the first hour of Monday Night Raw was really entertaining television, and the rest was, eh, it was okay. So I'm giving Raw the rating of the first bite is the best bite. You know, when you get a good meal or a good dessert, the first bite is always the best bite because you've been waiting for it for a while, and then the rest, you know, still pretty good, but doesn't match that first moment. And that's how I felt about Monday Night Raw. As for AEW Dynamite this week, I thought the brawls were really good. Um, the main event was just mayhem. Uh, it was a six-man tag, and it then eventually turned into Moxley uh, making Kenny Omega bleed uh, by headbutting him and then getting knocked out by Omega and uh, the club or the Good Brothers, whatever you want to call them, Gals and Anderson. Just a pretty... Uh, uh, just wild show for those reasons i'm giving AEW dynamite the rating of a car crash this week because that's that's what it was it just seemed like a car crash for nxt um it's an end of an era and that's what i gave its rating uh the undisputed era is clearly done um and new stars are now on the rise ile msk Swerve, Zoe Stark, LA Knight were all spotlighted on NXT this week. And so it's a it's a dawn of a new era. SmackDown, 
this show started real quick. It, nothing was really disappointing. It felt good. It just didn't stop. So this week's SmackDown, I'm giving the rating of a runaway train because that's exactly what it was. It just started and then it kept on going. But we have one more thing to review, and that is Elimination Chamber. This pay-per-view happened um, this past Sunday, or this last Sunday, I guess I should say. I first want to start talking about uh, Asuka and her match. So Lacey Evans announced she was pregnant, but she was supposed to have a match with Asuka for the Raw Women's title at Elimination Chamber. Well, then yesterday... Well, first of all, I didn't really even realize she was supposed to have a match. I don't know if they, like, formally announced that. Maybe they did, and I just missed that on Raw, like, two weeks ago or whatever. And then yesterday, it was like... Uh, so I, I run this pick pool for my family where we make picks uh, for who's going to win the matches at pay-per-views. And uh, at first, Asuka's match was taken off the card. Then, later, they announced on the pre-show that Asuka was going to have a match. And then, Asuka didn't have a match. It was just really bizarre. They made no mention of it whatsoever on the show. I don't know what the heck happened there. But, uh, talking about the pre-show, there was a fatal four-way match on the pre-show. John Morrison won the match. It was a fine match. Um, he pinned Ali. I think this is kind of a bummer. Retribution continues to lose. This is not good. They're supposed to be a credible faction, and they really just haven't done anything. I mean, they started off pretty good. Now, um, you know, they really have nothing going for them. They really could be a force to be reckoned with, but they're just not getting much of a chance. I mean, Ali's doing as best as he possibly can with the story, but... Just really nothing's happening. The very first match on the actual pay-per-view card was the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match to see who would face Roman Reigns for the Universal title later on in the in the night. Um, couple of cool spots in this one. Cesaro kicking Sammy off the chain lock and then doing a, a chain link, I should say, and then doing a pull-up was pretty fun. Um, Jay Uso slamming Kevin Owens' arm in the Elimination Chamber entrance door was clever. I've never seen that before. Um, and I, I really liked Brian winning the match. I, w I would have preferred Cesaro, but maybe they're holding off on that story. Um, Brian won the match, starting the match against Cesaro. It was a good story for the Roman match later, which actually occurred right after that. So it went right into the Universal title match. This was actually perfectly executed. Uh, Brian was clearly, you know, so tired and just wiped out. Uh, it was a short Roman win, but the match started out and was immediately captivating. Um, and it didn't last long, maybe two minutes. Um, the bell rang. Uh, Brian got to his feet. Roman went to spear Brian, and Brian turned the spear into a yes lock. And it looked like Brian was going to win the match. I mean, even Cole and Graves, you can see in the background, were really... Um, surprise and uh, calling it as if Brian was going to win the match. And then Roman started dominating once he broke out of the yes locks, just beating Brian down, um, putting Brian in the guillotine. Brian passed out. Roman won pretty quickly. Um, and then Edge came out, speared Roman, 
declared Roman as his Mania opponent um, as the Royal Rumble winner. This was a nice surprise. Um, a little expected, a little predictable, but it was cool because Edge looks like a credible challenge for Roman. This was a really well laid out story. Very well done. Uh, it's going to be spear versus spear. Um, I guess what they were supposed to do with Roman last year with Goldberg. But Edge, Roman, I think will be a very good match. Um, this probably will be the main event of the show. You know, I don't know. I could see either one of them winning at this point, but we got plenty of time to talk about that. So that was a nice little surprise. Um, then there was uh, just a little short backstage segment. There was Damien Priest, Bad Bunny, Miz. This was a good uh, foreshadowing story. Miz with Bad Bunny and said, like, oh, good job with the 24-7 title on SNL last night. Uh, and basically making fun of Bad Bunny. And then Bad Bunny was like, well, I have this. What championship do you have? And then Bunny slapped uh, Miz. So then we move on to the United States title match. It was a triple threat match. Um, Keith Lee was originally supposed to be in this match with Matt Riddle and Bobby Lashley, but that got changed. I'm not 100% sure why. Um, but, uh, Morrison ended up being in the match because he won the Fatal 4-Way, um, on the pre-show. This was a nice expected surprise with Riddle winning the match. Pretty entertaining match. Bobby Lashley looked dominant. Um, Riddle snuck in for the win after hitting Lashley with, uh, Crutch. Very well booked match. Um, not too much more to say, but I enjoyed it. The women's tag title match was after that. After the U.S. title match, it was uh, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair and uh, Sasha Banks. Not too much to talk about with this one uh, until the end, where Reginald Reggie came out um, with his whatever's going on with him and Sasha. Uh, Reggie cost Sasha the match. Nia and Shayna won. Um, this is much better matchup with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. They had already built that story on NXT. I expected Nia and Shayna to win. I'm glad they did. I'm glad they didn't do anything with this, like, weird, you know, uh, bedfellows, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, good guys, uh, hero story, and then turning on each other for WrestleMania. Um, because we've seen that before. You know, Shawn Michaels, John Cena did that for WrestleMania 23. Um... So this is uh, uh this can lead to you know whatever Bianca is gonna do, uh, maybe maybe Bianca will choose uh, Asuka because uh, Edge already chose Roman the the SmackDown champion so maybe Bianca will declare uh, Asuka for uh, the Raw champion because sometimes they do that with WWE the one Royal Rumble winner we don't have many years to go off but one Royal Rumble winner will pick. Uh, the champion from one show and the other one will pick a champion from a different show. Um, but I, I, I really want to see that Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez match. I believe that's next week on NXT television. I hope Dakota and uh, Raquel win. Um, I also hope we see a little bit more of that story built this week on NXT. I just think uh, Raquel and Kai can do so much more with the title. Um, you know, there's actually a pretty decent tag division for the women in NXT and they can go and showcase NXT to Raw and SmackDown I just think it works better 
The WWE title uh, Elimination Chamber match was the main event of the show. Uh, pretty pretty standard Elimination Chamber match. Um, almost ripping off the back of AJ's pod to let him in early was pretty cool. The rest of it, mm, you know, not much not much of uh no or to mention or you know really that I much remember and it just happened you know last night um McIntyre retaining was the right choice I don't know where else they would have gone after Edge declared uh Roman as his opponent I mean you know it could have been like oh if Randy wins it'll be Edge and Randy but uh Randy I mean I guess that was the biggest surprise of the chamber match for the WWE title was Randy got eliminated. He got rolled up by Kofi, and there was no appearance by The Fiend or Alexa or anything. It just happened, and then the story was done. So I wonder what they're doing with The Fiend. Um, maybe they'll continue to have this go on. Finn's, the Fiend has got to show up within the next month or so. I mean, he has to. I, I'm guessing they're moving to Randy versus The Fiend. Um, and, you know, this would be very Fiend-like, very Bray Wyatt-like. Uh Randy beat Bray at a WrestleMania, just like John Cena beat Bray at a WrestleMania, so it would be, you know, like, rewriting the story of Bray Wyatt. That's kind of what The Fiend has been doing, is going after these people who have wronged Bray Wyatt. Um, but enough of Bray Wyatt. After McIntyre won the Elimination Chamber, Bobby Lashley came out and attacked Drew McIntyre. Now, earlier in the show, we saw The Miz talking to MVP about, uh, well, we don't know what about, uh, but the Money in the Bank briefcase was there, and, uh, just coincidentally, I'm sure we'll get an explanation on Raw later tonight, uh, this week, uh, Lashley attacked Drew McIntyre, which I think will be a solid match, Lashley's been, a him, him losing the, the U.S. title to go into the, um, uh, world title pitcher is perfect, I mean, that's the best way to build somebody, um, who was like Bobby Lashley's super credible. Uh, Miz ended up cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase, which was a really great surprise. I love it. So well-deserved for Miz. Uh, did I, I, I'd have to go back and listen to last podcast. Um, well, I didn't do predictions, did I, last podcast? No, because I was planning on podcasting Friday and doing my predictions and uh, ended up you know being a little late with my schedule so I'm doing this Monday and I'm going to get this out before Raw so I have it the most up to date right now with Elimination Chamber but <laughs> I've been saying for months now oh every single pay-per-view maybe this will be the one that Miz cashes in and I really love that um Miz prescribed what he was going to do on Raw he said he's leaving he's not going to go into the chamber uh, he's removing himself from that match so he can cash in later in, on in the night and win the title. That's exactly what he did. And uh, I I really haven't seen many people being upset that Miz won the WWE title. It, it's 10 years since he last won the title. He won it pretty much in the same exact way. Um, he celebrated very similarly which I thought was a cool little callback. I don't know if he did that on purpose. Um, I'm guessing he he did. But he's been such a great performer for so long. He is a workhorse for WWE. He does everything for them. Um, I don't think he's really ever gotten injured. He's never really taken a break. He's uh, somebody who's 
had the luxury of being around so much that you kind of just like forget about them. So in that sense, it's just like, oh, like the Miz. Yeah, whatever. Like no big deal. It's the Miz. But this is a huge deal for the Miz. And will he hold the title for long? Probably not. I mean, I would love to see him hold it for, for a bit. He's been really entertaining with Morris in the last year or so. Um, he's just the definition of hard work paying off. I mean, he does everything. And this guy, really great performer, really good bad guy. I mean, in his promos, the last how many weeks have I mentioned in the What Drew Money segment that, you know, he goes from being funny to super passionate and intense. Um, and he is just a really, really well-rounded performer and I know people talk about oh he's not a great wrestler and whatever like man he's a great storyteller though he is a phenomenal storyteller he's worked so hard to get the title again after 10 years will he go to Wrestlemania with it with it and you know 10 years from each other uh, be one of the main events of Wrestlemania that would be really cool and very well deserved We'll see where that goes. But overall, this Elimination Chamber show was a very decent, enjoyable show. It had some nice surprises with the Edge declaring Roman being the uh, his opponent at WrestleMania, Riddle winning the U.S. title, and uh, Miz winning the WWE title. Clarified some stories. As I just mentioned, the Roman and Edge, what Edge was going to do. It left other stories on uh, a cliffhanger note, like The Miz, what's going to go, what's going to happen with him and the WWE title, you know, that totally throws a wrench in the whole plans of WrestleMania of, oh, what's Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, going to do at WrestleMania? Well, now McIntyre's not the WWE champion. Um, and even the Bi- Bianca Belair and uh, Sasha Banks stories up in the air, What what's Bianca going to do as the Royal Rumble winner? So we have major stories that are uh, more developed and leaving us wanting more of what's going on. And the the end of the show really left me very happy with Miz becoming the WWE champion. Um, I think this will be a pretty memorable ending to a pay-per-view with Miz's cash-in. So uh, I'm looking forward to what happens next. I mean, Fastlane, Fastlane's uh, uh, about a month away. Um, who knows how, you know, Fastlane will develop. We'll get more. We'll, we'll talk more about Fastlane next week. But for this week, The Miz is WWE champion, and uh, I hope he starts out raw this week just bragging and gloating and he certainly does deserve it. If anybody gets a you deserve a chance, it would be him. <laughs> you know, although there's nobody there, and they're not going to give him you deserve a chance because he's a bad guy. Um, yeah. So congratulations to the Miz uh, first and well, last and foremost, I guess not first. It's not the first thing I thought. Last and foremost, um, I'm going to finish up so I can uh, edit this. And uh, I know I talked very quickly, but talked a lot. Um, and had a, uh, went pretty quickly through what I uh, discussed. I hope it all made sense, but if it didn't, sorry. It's because I was kind of rushing to get this out before Raw this week. Um, if you would, uh, uh, if you enjoyed the show, uh, please 
rate, review, and subscribe to it. Uh, give the show a like on social media. Follow it on social media. Share the show. Uh, retweet the show. Leave a comment on social media. Send in a review for the show. Um, those really help the uh, metrics for the for the show. And slowly but surely, we're starting to build here. Um, if you want to contact me in any way, you can do that on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at DWOPod, or you can send an email to DWOPod at gmail.com. Um, if you want to support the show in a different way, you can go and click on the button on the Anchor page, or you could just spread the word about it. That's something that does, uh, the, uh, does help a lot. Just tell whomever you think might like it to search Drew World Order Podcast and they should like it if they're a wrestling fan. Really trying to uh, build this wrestling community, a positive one where we can just discuss our love of professional wrestling. I'm going to finish up. I'll edit this. Hopefully I'll have this up pretty quickly. So uh, at least a couple people might be able to listen to it before Monday Night Raw. And if not, that's okay. I listen to wrestling podcasts uh, after the events happen and I don't really, uh, it doesn't really bother me. So I hope. This podcast being late doesn't bother you. I'll probably probably have next week's on a Monday as well, but uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll do it Friday afternoon. Uh, my schedule's changed a little bit now. Um, so, uh, you know, I just uh, appreciate you doing the give and take uh, and, uh, and and just listening and uh, enjoying the, uh, the, the podcast because I enjoy doing it. Uh, Thanks, thanks for all your support. I hope your listening experience and your week was Drew Sweet.